back like we never left. It's Double Move Sports. As always, I'm Steph Albier, and I'm here with my guy, my partner in crime in this fantasy game, Alex Lott. Say what's up to the people. What is up, everyone? It is full mock draft season. We've got an awesome mock, an awesome mock coming for you today. This is Steph and I drafting on the turn at the 11 and 12 spot. I'm sure we're going to snipe each other plenty in this draft. Uh, it's full PPR, <laughs> standard roster, quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, tight end, flex, defense, and six bench. I'm excited, man. I think there's going to be a lot uh, learning here from on the turn. I know a lot of people you know, hate the late picks this year, but there's still plenty of value to be found. Guys, if you like what we're doing here on the show, please hit that subscribe button on YouTube and hit that like button. That is huge for us. We're making a big push right now on YouTube. And then uh, if you guys like what we're doing here in these mock drafts, be sure to listen to the show as well. We release segments and clips throughout the week. If you want to hear us talk about specific players, really get into the nitty gritty, into the stats and some of these takes, go check that out. And without further ado, Alex, let's get it started. All right, let's hit start on this thing. Steph, I'm super excited to see who we end up with here at 11 and 12. I know I'm going to have my eyes on the running back position. We'll see if I can get uh, maybe a Kenyon Drake or someone like that at the 11 spot. I really don't want to miss out on running back early this year. I'm with you, bro. I'm with you. Yeah, and I'm at the 112, and I'm worried you're going to snipe me. Uh, but maybe I can snipe you back here at this turn. So we'll see how these teams turn out. I think there's always a lot to learn from these mocks, even if we're not in love with these teams. Absolutely. And now it's up to you. Pretty pretty chalk star. We got CMC, Saquon, Zeke, Kamara, Michael Thomas, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, Julio Jones, Derrick Henry, DeAndre Hopkins. So looks like you get your pick of the litter here between uh, Kenyon Drake, Miles Sanders, Austin Eckler, uh, even Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones if you want to go there. So who are you taking at the, the 111? Yeah, I know I said I'm looking at running backs early. Devontae Adams is sitting here, though, at the 11 overall. Um, spot here and he's my wide receiver too and Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins both went off the board in front of him but I really see one more guy in that top tier of running backs I see a tier break after Kenyon Drake I think he's in for a massive season in Arizona he gets work in the receiving game that offense should be much better this season he doesn't have a ton of competition I know Chase Edmonds is there and they drafted Eno Benjamin I think in the seventh round but Drake should be the workhorse I love the scheme fit with Cliff Kingsbury and they utilized him really well last year so I'm going to go ahead and lock in my RB1, Kenyon Drake. Very nice. Very nice. So you're taking Kenyon Drake here, and that puts me in a tough spot. I was hoping that you would pull the trigger on Adams so I wouldn't have to make this, this tough <laughs> decision. I do have Adams, obviously, as an option. Tyreek Hill's there. Chris Godwin's there. I'm really not looking at running back early, and I have two picks So because uh, I'm sitting here at the turn. I think I might go running back, running back here and actually end up getting both of the guys I like. I could be giving you an absolute layup uh, here with Devontae Adams, but I like both both Austin Eckler and Miles Sanders quite a bit. They're both going to get receiving work. There's question marks with both of them. Obviously with Sanders, it's, you know, is he going to get the full-time back duties? Even with Boston Scott there, though, I think he'll be still like an RB1, uh, low-end RB1, high-end RB2 there. Uh, and then with Austin Eckler, there's just questions around this offense. I do think, though, that Tyrod uh, is going to be that, you know, short, quick passing game, check down volume. I do expect Eckler to get most of the work there. They just re-signed him. I am considering, you know, maybe reaching a little bit and grabbing like a Josh Jacobs, maybe even a Clyde Edwards-Alaire here. I still try to be risk averse here. 
Um, so I'm going to go Austin Eckler and Miles Sanders. Go ahead and just you know, shore up that RB core. The fact that this is PPR, yes, Adams is great, and he's going to be fantastic. But the way that, that – and we'll see this as we go through the draft – uh, there's just so much wide receiver depth this year. I'm going to be all right with getting two wide receivers uh, as my next two picks. So I'm going to take both Eckler and Sanders to start off. I love that call, Steph. And I have Eckler and Sanders both in my top 12 running backs for full PPR. Two guys that, yeah, there's a little bit more risk associated with them. But um, just knowing that they're going to get that pass catching work and they have incredibly high ceilings. I don't mind locking up two really solid running backs that could easily easily finish as RB1s this season. I think there's still going to be some pretty pretty good names for you at your receiver spots when it gets back to you. You do have a while to wait, um, so we'll see. But I think there there are enough names there. You know, I may regret not picking up Adams here, and I'm sure a lot of guys watching right now are like, "Why the hell isn't he picking Adams?" I'm I'm willing to uh, you know take the risk, especially on a mock draft where we're trying to learn some things. I want to see how my roster is going to turn out here. I'm I have a feeling I'm going to be pretty happy with the two receivers I get at the 312 and the 401. But Alex, now back to you at the 202. Right after me at this, uh, you know, running back heavy turn here. Who are you looking at? Yeah, this is easy for me. I mean, you got Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs on the board. You know, if I wanted to go double running back here, those are the names I'd be looking at. Really, Aaron Jones and Josh Jacobs stick out to me of that group. But I almost took Adams in the first round, was deliberating between he and Drake. So I end up getting both. Thank you for gifting me with that one, Steph. I'm <laughs> sure you'll snipe someone from me later on in the draft to make up for it. But starting out with uh, Kenyon Drake and Devontae Adams – is a really, feels really good. solid start. It feels great. All right, so after Adams, we saw Nick Chubb, Tyreek Hill, Allen Robinson, Aaron Jones, Chris Godwin, Patrick Mahomes, CEH, Josh Jacobs, Lamar Jackson, and Kenny Galladay round out the second round. So a lot of names there, but all in all pretty chalk. We saw both elite quarterbacks go there in round two, and then in round three we saw both elite tight ends go. Kelsey went at the 301 followed by Gurley at the 302 and George Kittle at the 303. And after that, we saw the receiver run that we've been seeing in a lot of drafts in that third and fourth round. We saw A.J. Brown, Mike Evans, Odell, D.J. Moore, Juju, Adam Thielen all go off the board. Leonard Fournette at the 310, and it's back to me at the 311. You know, I would have really loved to get a running back like a, like a Todd Gurley. He ended up going at the 302. I thought maybe he'd fall to me. He, you know, hasn't been falling that far in drafts, but I thought I might get lucky. I don't love the running backs on the board here. Melvin Gordon, Chris Carson, Le'Veon Bell, James Conner, um, as much as I like some of the receivers. So I'm really looking at this group. I see Amari Cooper, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Calvin Ridley, and those are all guys that I think have a lot of upside this season. Amari Cooper stands out to me. I know that this Cowboys receiving core is, is a bit crowded now with C.D. Lamb joining, but this is a team that should pass the ball a ton. We talked about it on the pod before. And Amari Cooper right now is actually my wide receiver eight. I think he has the upside to be an alpha wide receiver one in this league. So I haven't done this a lot this year, but I'm actually going to take Amari Cooper and sure up that wide receiver spot and take oh. whichever one of these running back names falls to me in the next in the next round. Yeah, you sniped me. I was hoping Cooper would somehow sneak back to me here at the 312. So now it's back to me on this turn. I get two back-to-back picks at running back. You know, like you said, right? Like we're a tier down. Melvin Gordon, Chris Carson, Lev Bell, James Conner. Luckily, you don't got to worry about it. <laughs> I That's the thing. So at wide receiver, I got my choice of Cooper Cup or Robert Woods, Calvin Ridley, Keenan Allen, Cortland Sutton, Tyler Lockett, DJ Chark. Tons of great uh, I options. I think I'm actually going to make a potentially a reach here on Mark Andrews uh, to see if I can oh, secure wow. him. That's the thing about playing here. You know, at the turn, I have Andrews as my tight end three this year. I think he's going to be fantastic. I think the pass volume is going to go up. We saw 
you know, I keep using it as an example, but that, that, that playoff loss that the Ravens had where Lamar threw the ball 59 times, I mean, that volume is going to be massive. <laughs> That's insane. If, if the Ravens can't maintain that lead, I mean, 59 pass attempts was second out of all of, uh, you know, the 2019 regular season, seventh most ever in a playoff game. And so if you're telling me if the Ravens, let's say they, you know, aren't as dominant as they were on the ground last year, then I'm getting 59 potential targets uh, that are out there for Andrews to have a slice of. I feel great about that. And he he led, I mean. <laughs> I mean, that you can't expect him to come anywhere close to that on a week-to-week no. basis. I think if they were around 35-40, you know, on an average, that would be insane volume for the Ravens passing game. I don't think anyone expects them to be close to that. No, they, they won't be close. That would be insane. But all I'm saying is there's only a room to go up for Andrews. If he stays where he was, he was great last year. He was had second most touchdowns, had double-digit touchdowns, led amongst all tight ends for reference. Both Kelsey and Kittle had five touchdowns, and Andrews had ten. So that's pretty big. The only receiver who, uh, you know, pass-catching weapon that passed him was Kenny Galladay, who I believe had 12, 11 or 12. So – Man, this is tough for me. I really do want to grab Andrews here. I'm going to go ahead and lock in Robert Woods. Um, everybody's really talked about Robert Woods a lot this <laughs> offseason. Uh, you know, Cooper Cup just scares me with that 12 personnel. So I'm going to grab Woods here. I'm going to lock him up. He's a guy that I think everybody's going to be pretty happy with. You got to go Andrews now at the 401. You got to. <laughs> the fact that you're saying that, though, makes me not want to. and makes me want to look at Calvin Ridley a little bit. You literally said you were taking Mark Andrews at the 312. Don't back out of it now. I hope I didn't talk <laughs> you out of it. I mean, I got Lamar Jackson at... 485 pass attempts this year that's around 30 a game it's more than he had last season um so you know i mean 30 attempts a game would be pretty significant for this ravens team that wants to run the ball they should be leading they have a pretty good defense so i don't necessarily i mean i would not take andrews here i think he could potentially have a better season than last year if the touchdowns stay the same and the volume goes up but um, I don't know. I, I think some of that upside with, you know, 35, 40 pass attempts a game just isn't really realistic. For this no, it's not. Team. And that, that's not my whole you know argument for taking Andrews. It's that worst case scenario, you get what he had last year. Best case scenario, he explodes and yep. he gets into that. I'm not going to say, you know, 140 target range like a Zach Ertz, like a Kelsey, like a Kittle. But I do think he could get, you know, 20 more than he had last year, which is about 100 targets. So I think he could get there. Um, there's only room to go up. He was only on the field for 41% of snaps. So that's we're talking a lot about Mark Andrews and I'm not even sure if I'm going to pick him. Yeah. Uh, but it's just one that I'm really considering. It is a bit of a reach, though. I don't think he's going to fall back to me. Let me see here. Other options that I am considering would be like Tyler Lockett, DJ Chark, Terry McLaurin. I feel like one of these wide receivers will fall back to me. For the sake of the mock, let's see how it goes if I reach on Mark Andrews here. So I'm going to take him. Let's go. It's a little bit of a homer <laughs> pick, and I am giving you a blessing. I wanted to see you do that. The 10 touchdowns last year was was huge, incredibly high touchdown rate, but 64 receptions on 98 targets. You're right, I think, with his snaps going up potentially this season, if his health is bad. No Hayden Hurst. Um, he was banged up last year. He only missed one game, but he was banged up in a lot of those games, and I think he was limited. So if he does get up around that 120 target range, we could see those receptions climb up to that, to that 80 number. And if he can maintain the touchdowns, he'll be right there, so... Um, I'm glad you took Andrews because he was not really on my board of consideration here. And I still have my pick of all these running backs. It's actually an interesting spot here because I think, oh, this is tough. I think maybe one of these next tier running backs could get back to me. Like if I'm looking at Jonathan Taylor as my RB2, that feels pretty good. I actually wouldn't mind David Montgomery as my RB2 either or Singletary. All these names look appealing. Um, so I think I might actually take a risk here. And this is different than everything I've done this season. I'm going to continue to load up on the wide receiver position. Cooper Cup is still on the board here. Calvin Ridley is still on the board. 
I have Cooper Cup as my wide receiver 15. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and lock in Cooper Cup. Wow. And I'm going to stack Devontae Adams, Amari Cooper, and Cooper Cup at the wide receiver spot with Kenny and Drake at running back. And I'm just praying that one of these running backs gets back to me um, after this long, long stretch. And, you know, it's fourth round here, so we're probably going to see another receiver run. Yep. And That's what I'm hoping for. Yep. We're seeing them go. Play, They're going one by one. Oh, this is feeling good right now. Wow. And a lot more in the five round, in the fifth round as well. Come on. Come on, JT. Let's go. So after you took – yeah, that, that's awesome. I think this is a, this is payback to me for our, our PPR mock battle where I was getting gifted with every running back. Oh, that was brutal for me. If you haven't seen it, go back and watch the mock – the last mock draft you did, if you want to see Team Four ruin my hopes and dreams and watch Steph get everyone, <laughs> watch Steph get everyone he wants. <laughs> so after you took Cooper Cup, we had Zach Ertz at the four hundred three. That's who. That's reaching to me, and and I like I, I that probably makes you feel Andrews. better about the Andrews pick. <laughs> it does. It really. It actually cements to me that that was the right move to go and secure him. Yeah, I mean that's the whole thing of drafting here from the turn. Uh, but after Zach Ertz went, it was Keenan Allen, Lev Bell, DJ Chark, Chris Carson, four receivers, Calvin Ridley, Devontae Parker, Colton Sutton, Terry McLaurin, James Conner, DK Metcalf, T.Y. Hilton, Tyler Lockett. So a ton of wide receivers going here. Then a few more from that tier that you were looking at, Melvin Gordon, David Montgomery, Jarvis Landry, A.J. Green at the 507. How do you feel about that one, Alex? I actually don't mind it. I mean, if I'm looking at who this team has, they locked up Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones in the first two rounds, and they came back with DJ Moore, DJ Chark, and AJ Green. So they'll have AJ Green as their flex. And, you know, if he pays off, he could easily be a top 15 receiver. If he stays healthy, there's no reason to believe he's not going to be a wide receiver one. You actually had a pretty good take about that a few pods ago about AJ Green's upside. So if he doesn't pay off, if he gets hurt, I mean, I'm sure they're going to find someone to fill in the flex spot. They can take a a Jamison Crowder, a Marvin Jones later on, and they're going to be fine. So at the 507, with that roster construction, I actually don't mind it. Yeah, I'm with you, dude. I, I really do think this uh, this Team 7 here is nice. I think that's like a textbook, you know, drafting from the 107. I <laughs> uh, really like what they got going on. But uh, after AJ Green went, we had Cam Akers, David Johnson, Stefan Diggs, and then back to you at the 511. Sounds like Jonathan Taylor is already the, the locked and loaded pick here. He is. I got blessed, too, by what was that? Team seven taking team eight took Cam Akers over David Johnson, over Jonathan Taylor, over Devin Singletary. I wouldn't necessarily recommend that. I know he's got good upside, but JT falls to me here as my RB2, and I'm feeling really good about that. I love JT um, this season. He's going right now as I think the RB22 in terms of ADP. And in my opinion, like if he has a 60-40 split, even a 50-50 split with Marlon Mack, I think JT is talented enough behind a good elite offensive line on an offense that should be improved this year to return on that value as an RB2. And if he ends up getting a ton of work, if he you know is a 75-25 split, gets the goal line carries, he's involved in the receiving game, I think he could definitely be an RB1. So he's one of those solid floor but still high upside guys I love. It might take him a few weeks to get worked up um, into the offense, but uh, I think he's a back half of the season um, league winner and he still should provide value over the first couple games of the year so I love JT as my RB2 here very nice very nice I like that pick a lot and that's one that you know like you said worst case scenario it's like a 50-50 or a 60-40 split and and Taylor can still be great I think you were going to see him taking a lot of plays of the house kid is just so explosive but back to me here at the 5-12 and the 6-0-1 so back to playing this turn game here and it looks like a, there's a few different options for me if I wanted to grab both of the other big Ravens players, like if I want to just invest heavily on the Ravens, I could get Mark Ingram and Hollywood Brown, and I like both of those a lot. But I don't want to 
you know, essentially make my team the Ravens 2.0. I'm going to take, da, 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 we'll take Ingram. We'll take Ingram as my, my RB3. I like that as a, I'm not really too worried about J.K. Wow. Dobbins. I like the value I'm getting here for Ingram. He's really the last name of this tier. He's a, he's a starting running back on a great offense. Should get plenty of touchdowns, um, check down volume, just like we talked about with the same, you know, Mark uh, Andrews uh, for Mark Ingram, where let's say the Ravens aren't as dominant on the ground, then there's going to be more uh, check down volume to go around. Uh, I think a lot of people sleep on, you know, how, how important Ingram was for this offense last year, you know, even from like a pass pro perspective, he was fantastic and just a big part of this team. So I'm going to grab Ingram as kind of the last like high upside RB1 uh, that is there, RB1 there in terms of like a depth chart play. And he's been an RB1 five of the last six seasons. So I'm going to take Ingram and feel good about that one. And then now here for my second pick, I think I'm looking at wide receiver here. As of right now, I have Austin Eckler, Miles Sanders, Robert Woods, Mark Andrews, and Mark Ingram. So Tyler Boyd is sitting there. He's one that I'm, I'm very high on this year. Uh, but just the A.J. Green, you know, kind of coming in and taking over does scare me. You know, Joe Burrow being a you know rookie quarterback does scare me. Hollywood Brown, I like a lot this year. I'm working on a film room episode for him. He's going to be great, but I already have Andrews and Ingram, so I'm not sure if I want to go all Ravens here. Marvin Jones is there as an Steph, what do you think play. about Julian Edelman here? Dude, I... I'm so like I'd rather just wait, you know, ten rounds and then get Nikhil Harry if I if I want to get a New England pass catcher. No, Steph, I'm telling you, man, I I felt the same way, and this week I had to bump Edelman up my rankings. He's he's moved up from my 30s to my wide receiver 28 because in full PPR formats, I just can't imagine he's not gonna be able to see the target volume with Cam Newton. Like Julian Edelman was the wide receiver seven in full PPR last season. So I know he's old, and it's the combination of Brady leaving, him being older, maybe the offense changes. But I, I can't help but think Julian Edelman is going to be involved this year, at least to be a high-end wide receiver three. Not saying you need to take him here, and I'm probably not going to take him at my next pick because I think I need a running back. But Julian Edelman at this stage of drafts, like if I'm grabbing him for my flex or like with your team, you took a tight end early and you kind of stacked up your running backs. If you need a consistent option as your wide receiver two, I don't think we're going to see Edelman have the upside of a wide receiver one like he was last year as the receiver seven, but he should be a fairly consistent option just like he's been for the past several years. Dude, that's true. You actually, you make a good point. Um, if I had maybe more of like a upside, let's say Odell Beckham was my wide receiver one. I think Edelman makes a ton of sense here to kind of pair the, yeah, the upside. Right. Edelman and Woods is, is a little bit too conservative. Exactly. That's the way I'm feeling. And Man, it, it's really hard not to pull the trigger on Marquise Brown. I'm essentially going to get who I think is, uh, you know, Mar the, the Marquise Brown profile, which is a little bit boom bust, but showed a lot of promise last season. And that's actually Michael Gallup. And I know that'll be a lot of uh, a bit of a hot take to a lot of people. I do like Tyler Boyd there, but for Michael Gallup, I know the, the quarterback play is going to be there. The passing volume is going to be there. And I liked a lot of what I saw from Michael Gallup on tape last season. He was actually outpacing Amari Cooper for target share. Should have been the one there uh, had he played all 16 games. So I'm going to pull the trigger on Michael Gallup. And I know, again, that's wow. a hot take. I'll talk a little bit more about Gallup, I'm sure, on a couple later podcasts. But just for the, my roster construction and the names that I'm looking at, I, I feel good taking Gallup here essentially as my wide receiver too, uh, knowing that I'm, I'm pretty good at the tight end spot. And I feel okay streaming wide receiver too. Uh, this year just off the waivers and the you know wacky COVID year that we're probably going to have so I'm going to take Gallup here not crazy about this pick but I feel pretty good about it nice well I'm back on the clock here I have three wide receivers Adams Cooper and Cup uh, wow Cooper Cup um, <laughs> and I have 
Um, Kenyon Drake and Jonathan Taylor at running back. So for me, this is pretty chalk. I'm looking at running backs here. And I, I find myself drafting Kareem Hunt pretty frequently because he's very safe, especially in a PPR format. He's going to get um, his touches through the air, and he should provide a pretty good flex value, RB2 value. Um, and then if, you know, if, if Nick Chubb goes down, we all know that Kareem Hunt's going to vault up to a potential league winner. So that's why I love Kareem Hunt. I'm going to lock him in here. Uh, you know, guys like Devin Singletary and DeAndre Swift are still on the board. I think if my RB2 was a little bit more safe than Jonathan Taylor, just with Jonathan Taylor being a rookie running back, I don't want to take another rookie in DeAndre Swift. I think Swift does have pretty good upside, but um, I just want something safe. I'm going to go with Kareem Hunt. He should be pretty steady as my RB3, but he still does have that massive upside if for some reason he ever takes full control of this backfield. So I feel pretty good about Kenyon Drake, Jonathan Taylor, and Kareem Hunt as my group of backs. Nice, nice. And then we saw some tight ends and quarterbacks come off the board. Yeah, an interesting QB run here in the sixth round, which is about where I'm seeing these names go. So after you picked Kareem Hunt at the 602, we had Darren Waller, then Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, and Russell Wilson all back-to-back. Uh, then Tyler Higby, your boy, he did not make it back to you. Man, I was hoping he'd get back to me. It's a shame because I was hoping either Higby or Hayden Hurst would get back to me. They both went here in the sixth round. Yeah, Hurst in the sixth. He's he's creeping up draft boards. That ADP is skyrocketing. Uh, and then after you took Hurst there, we had, um, wow. And, and looking at this draft board now, I'm kind of kicking myself for taking Gallup because uh, I probably could have waited and gotten a decent wide receiver name. But after Hurst, it was Marquise Brown, Will Fuller, Julian Edelman, Julian Edelman at the 612, I think could be very sneaky value, especially in a PPR. And look at this guy's other uh, receivers. He has Kenny Galladay, DK Metcalf, and Julian Edelman. I actually think that's a really good receiver core. See, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, that's a perfect yep. place to take Julian Edelman as your flex. Look here, he's the 33rd wide receiver off the board. He has McCaffrey and James Conner at running back. He has Kelsey locked nice. in as his tight end. And then a still a great receiver crew with a lot of upside and Kenny G and DK Metcalf, and he locks in Julian Edelman to be a really stable flex. That's a great team. And then he throws in Deshaun Watson at quarterback on the wow. turn. So team one is out to get some dubs this year. That's for sure. <laughs> well, after uh, he took Edelman and Watson at the turn, it was DeAndre Swift, Tom Brady, Josh Allen. So more quarterbacks, Deshaun Jackson at the 705. That's the earliest I've ever seen him in a mock uh matt ryan at the 706 tyler boyd brandon cooks debo samuel ryan Tannehill at the 710 so then back to you at the 711 it looks like we're about the the last guys here that do not have quarterbacks so where are you looking at for this next pick yeah eight quarterbacks off the board since my last pick and that's actually a beautiful sight to see yeah. because i'm still not thinking quarterback this early so eight eight picks off the board as quarterbacks is just providing me incredible value here in the seventh round um, Steph, I'm looking at this board and I don't want to do it to don't, you, but like, don't take Marvin Jones. I know you're going to pick Marvin Jones. I'm actually not going to take Marvin Jones. And the only reason is because somehow Devin Singletary nice. is sitting here at the seven eleven as my fourth running Dude, for, back. For, you know, taking Jonathan which, Taylor in the fifth, that is an absolute steal to kind of hedge against him getting, yeah, I mean, I was thinking about Singletary over cream hunt last round and I can lock in both with Jonathan Taylor and Kenyon Drake. And I'm feeling really, really strong about that running back group. I think there's some flyer wide receivers I can take later and the running back depth evaporates pretty quickly. Um, So I I do love Marvin Jones. I'll leave him for you. I know you're desperate for wide receivers (laughs) right now. And I'm going to lock in Devin Singletary. You should be glad 
Um, you should thank all these teams that took quarterbacks that they left Devin Singletary on the board because that just scored you MJJ. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely pulling the trigger here on Jones. We've talked about him a lot. He's one of these, you know, we're in the mid-round series and mid-round upside play, a guy you can put into your flex and you're going to be pretty happy with starting him on, um, you know, about half of his games. And then in a worst case scenario, he's given you eight to 10 points in the PPR, you know, something like, you know, three receptions for 50 yards. I mean, that's like a, a worst case scenario for Marvin Jones. So I'm going to grab him. Uh, and I like that a lot to kind of pair with Robert Woods and Michael Gallup just to continue to give me upside and options at the position. So here's Marvin Jones. And then some interesting options. I could look at QB here, Carson Wentz, Drew Brees, Matt Stafford, but I think I'm okay waiting, especially with the, you know, at this point, it's a late QB strategy. Alex, you might hate me for this one, but I might actually reach here and grab Ronald Jones. No. No way. Right now, I mean, here, here's I, the thing. I, I, that's that's a great pick. I mean, I would be way more pissed at you right now if I hadn't just secured <laughs> Singletary and Hunt as my RB3 and RB4. I love securing Ronald Jones as like an RB4. He would be my RB5. I would have loved to have the value, but I probably wouldn't have been looking at him here just because I'm so running back heavy. But I love the pick for your squad, Steph. I think it's extremely likely that worst case scenario, Ronald Jones, let's say he splits a bunch of time, gets no passing work. I still think he's a you know, low end RB2 in that scenario. I just can't see a world where this offense is just not able to move the ball, is not able to get to the goal line. Bruce Aarons doesn't usually start rookies, which is crazy to me that, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn is is higher than him in ADP and actually was already drafted. Jones is going to get all that goal line work. Think about what has made Sony Michelle valuable. I mean, not even valuable Sony Michelle. I know he gets a lot of a lot of heat in the fantasy industry for kind of like sucking and cramming into the line and being hurt all the time. But the one thing that's made him an asset in fantasy at all is because he got all those goal line carries with Tom Brady. Ronald Jones is going to get the goal line carries. He's bulking up this offseason. I just saw a report this week that he's bulked up like 15, 20 pounds. That, to me, tells me they are planning to use him exclusively on the goal line. We talked about him recently on a pod and how efficient he was inside the five, inside the ten. So I love the pick for Ronald Jones. He's going to be a first and second down workhorse. Keyshawn Vaughn might get worked in a little bit, but Jones still can get it done as a receiver as well. It's not like he's going to get zero targets on the season. He's going to get the touchdowns. I think he's got a ton of upside. There's a realistic possibility that Jones is an RB1 this year. I'm not saying it's likely to happen, but there's a non-zero chance that he is an RB1 this yep. year. And I'm, I'm not like, Ronald Jones is a guy, I don't care about the ADP. I don't care that fantasy pros, you know, and all their experts, you know, have him at the no, RB37. At this point in the draft, like, you take your guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking my guy here. At this and point in the draft, take shots on guys you like. Absolutely. It's crazy to me that a third round rookie taken into a Bruce Arian system is, is taking here in this draft, he went at the 608 and he's, Probably going to split some passing work with Darian Gubawale. I don't think they just completely get rid of him. And he's been training with Brady this offseason already. So I'm going to take Ronald Jones here. And I'm going to feel really good about it. I'm fading all the hate about this pick that I may get. And hopefully uh, one of the other running backs here that I have my eye on will fall back to me. You probably already know who I'm talking about. Uh, but who are you looking at at the 802? Yep. You just went uh, three running backs in a row. You have three receivers and four running backs. So who are you looking at here at the 802? You building up that wide receiver depth? I mean, Mostert is still on the board, but for the same reason I said I wouldn't have gone Ronald Jones, I'm not going to go running back here. Still not looking quarterback, although Wentz and Breeze are still available. There's a couple of receivers I like to get some receiver depth. There's also the tight end position because some of my mid-round targets and Higby and Hurst are off the board. I'm probably looking away from the tight end spot. Evan Ingram is tempting. I'm not big on Ingram this year. He's so injury prone, but when he's on the field, he's he's a really solid player. He's very athletic. 
Uh, Daniel Jones. Ten targets a game last year. Yeah, Daniel Jones is going to look his way. I know it's a bit crowded in New York. So Ingram's tempting, although I know how injury prone he is. I'd still probably take a flyer on a tight end later on. But like in the eighth round, he's good value. I'm not looking at him until he does fall to this point. Um, but there's just too many receivers I like. I, I think I can scoop a tight end later on. Um, so at the receiver spot, names I like. I mean, Deontay Johnson's here. Um, Darius Slayton is here. But I'm actually going to go with C.D. Lamb. I have Amari Cooper on my team. Amari Cooper's dealt with some injuries in the past. So I'm going to take C.D. Lamb as a player who I think can have standalone value just based on his talent and the volume in this offense, but almost as a wide receiver handcuff because if Amari Cooper misses time, if things are sketchy and his snaps are going down due to any kind of injuries, I know C.D. Lamb is going to vault into immediate relevancy. So I'm going to go ahead and snatch C.D. Lamb. There's not a whole lot of like handcuffs at the wide receiver position, but this certainly feels as close as you can get to that situation. Interesting. Interesting. I, w- I was thought for sure you were going to go like Deontay Johnson there or maybe Christian Kirk, somebody like that. But after you took CD, we had Raheem Mostert go. But, and I think that pick makes a lot of sense. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders at the 804, Henry Ruggs, Christian Kirk, Damian Williams at the 807. Nikhil Harry just went at the 808. So somebody shooting their shot there uh, with uh, Cam Newton looking at the big body receivers. Uh, end zone threats. So then after that, Jamison Crowder, Tariq Cohen, Deontay Johnson at the 811. Wow. So back of the eighth, I think that's actually pretty, pretty low relative to where I've seen him in a lot of uh, other drafts, both mock and real drafts. Now, James White, 49ers defense, then four receivers. Uh, some names that I really like here, Justin Jefferson, Anthony Miller, Sterling Shepard, and Preston Williams all went back to back to back. Then Darius Geis at the 906, Kerryon Johnson at the 907, Rob Gronkowski at the 908, John Brown. Darius Slayton got taken wow. one pick before you. I think that would have been a, an insta uh, pick for you if he made it back. So who are you looking at, Alex, at the 911? <laughs> well, it's crazy. I talked about Ingram as a value last round, and Evan Ingram is still on the board at the 911. I mean, I'm looking at this, and I look at your team, and you locked up Mark Andrews early, so I don't think you're going to take Evan Ingram here as a second tight end. So I'm actually going to wait and try to get him at the 1002. Um, so for me, I'm looking, uh, I've got really good wide receivers, Devonte Adams, Amari Cooper, Cooper cup, and then CD lamb at the running back spot, Kenyon Drake, Jonathan Taylor, um, Devin Singletary, Kareem hunt. So I'm going to wait and get a tight end after the turn here. So I'm really looking at, maybe this is where I want to take a shot on a quarterback. I mean, we're sitting at the back of the ninth round and Carson Wentz and Drew Brees are still available. Stafford Rogers, Daniel Jones are all still there. Um, there's still some good values at the running back spot. Steph, I'm gonna let you have Jordan Howard. Um, that's someone I'm nice. definitely I'm definitely looking at here. Um, Jordan Howard and Matt Burita are still the top two running backs according to Fantasy Pros. Um, ECR here on the board and at the receiver spot, there's a lot of rookies. Jerry Judy, Jalen Rager are two guys here at the top. IU close, Mike Williams. Um, some real stashes and deep shots there. So at this point in the draft, I feel like snagging Carson Wentz is an extreme value in the back of the ninth round. I I like waiting typically a little bit longer for Stafford Rogers Jones. Um, So I'm actually going to go ahead and take Carson Wentz. I think um, he is a great quarterback. If he can stay healthy and his team can stay healthy. I know there's already been a lot of drama around the Eagles this offseason. Some of their receivers, Alshon Jeffries probably going to start on the pup. Their starting guard, all pro guard, Brandon Brooks went down. So there's already some, some problems there, but Wentz is a good quarterback. Um, in fantasy, he can run. Um, he throws the ball a ton. Uh, this is a good Eagles offense, typically. So I'm going to go ahead and lock in a quarterback here with Carson Wentz. And he's a really safe option too. Like worst case scenario, you're getting like you know one touchdown and 200 yards, which I know that's not anything crazy, but 
Uh, you know, you're, you're, you know, you waited a while. You waited to the ninth round to even look at QB. And then the one you got was, is an upside play, but also a very safe play. So maybe you compare him with maybe like a Drew Locke or a Gardner Minshew, a Joe Burrow, something like that at the end of the draft as well to kind of get the upside at the QB spot too. Uh, so now back to me at the 9-12, and I kind of already prefaced this pick. I released a full uh, take on this on our last pod. I put it all out on Twitter as well. I like Jordan Howard a lot this season as the featured back, the the you know power back, goal line back, first and second down guy on this Dolphins offense, essentially upgraded every single part of their team, the O-line, the defense, uh, their quarterback. I mean, just I only see room to go up for the Dolphins and I think some of that will go towards Jordan Howard. I think they'll be able to get the ball uh, into the red zone where Howard can get those high-value carries. I think he's a guy who's being pretty pretty slept on right now. So I'm going to take Howard, and I'm going to feel good about it. Guys, uh, you know, third most attempts, third most rushing yards since being drafted in 2016. So he's been pretty good. Um, Last year was the RB15 before he went down. So I'm going to take Howard here to shore up that running back core. And so now I have Austin Eckler, Miles Sanders, Ronald Jones, Jordan Howard, and Mark Ingram. So I feel really good at running back now. So pretty much for the rest of this draft, I'm looking at wide receiver depth. I have Mark Andrews, so not really looking at tight end. May look at quarterback here because now it's it's here at the turn. So the 10-0-1. And let's see what receivers are still available. Mike Williams, Jerry Judy, Golden Tate, Jalen Ragor. Hmm. And, man, I actually don't hate the Golden Tate pick here. What do you think about that, Alex? I mean, out of these New York Giants receivers, you've got Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton and Golden Tate. If I had to pick one, like value aside from my fantasy team, I'm probably taking, I know you'd probably take Shepard, but I'm taking Darius Slayton because I think he has tremendous upside as a deep threat, scoring touchdowns, you know, racking up a lot of yards, um, things like that with Daniel Jones, who loves to throw the ball down the field. But honestly, Golden Tate's the best value of the three. Slayton and Shepard are already off the board. They're, you know, typically a round or two ahead of where Golden Tate's going. But Golden Tate, I think if you look at this Giants wide receiver core, has just as good a chance as the other two to finish as the top scoring wide receiver, especially in PPR formats. So if I'm looking at this group, I find myself actually taking Golden Tate more than the other two just because the value is there. Um, And he's a guy you can stick in during bye weeks, put him in your flex, and he could go for 25 points, and he should be fairly consistent along the way. Yeah, he's a a guy I'm definitely looking at here. And really for me, it's between do I want kind of the the safer – you know, older, probably more consistent option in Golden Tate, or do I want to take the risk in a wide receiver in their first year, Jalen Regor? And we just talked about some of the turmoil that uh, Philly's under right now. Steph, I'm about to blow your mind, and probably this will this will probably make your pick for you. <laughs> Golden Tate last season played 11 games. I think was last year when he had the four game suspension to start the year. Yes, I think it was. So he averaged yep. 13.8 points per game in PPR formats. He averaged more points per game when he was on the field than Terry McLaurin, A.J. Brown, Christian Kirk, Odell, Debo, T.Y. Hilton. So he was putting up points last year more than a lot of these names. I know like A.J. Brown and Debo are getting ramped up as rookies, even Terry McLaurin. But a lot of these guys are being drafted much earlier. And Golden Tate's just one of those names. It's kind of like a dud. People are forgetting about him. But Golden Tate, I think, still has a lot left in the tank, and he should be a fairly consistent option for Daniel Jones. I think people are definitely sleeping on him, and he's a value here. What are we, the 10th round? He is a definite value in the 10th round. Yeah, I think I'm going to pull the trigger uh, on Tate. You know, Ragor is is very appealing to me, and I've, I've picked him in a lot of mocks. 
this year. But I think for the wide receiver core that I have, Golden Tate does make sense, especially as a, you know, he's my wide receiver four behind Robert Woods, Michael Gallup, and Marvin Jones. So Marvin Jones and Michael Gallup kind of give me that the boom upside. Um, he really is a depth piece, you know, even though he's not maybe the one on the Giants, I still think he can be great. Good stuff. And I'm going to actually go ahead and take, I talked about it last time, so I'm not going to really spend any time here. I'm not actually in on Evan Ingram this year. I don't find myself drafting him anywhere, but this is probably the farthest I've ever seen him fall in a mock draft. We're sitting here at the 10.02, and Evan Ingram's on the board. I totally punted the position. I'm deciding between like him and Hunter Henry, Austin Hooper, Jared Cook, Mike Gusecki, and we've seen it from Evan Ingram before. So this is a lock for me. I'm not even going to waste our time. Same situation with the Giants. Daniel Jones should take a step forward this year. I know you and I both like him a lot. I'm going to go ahead and lock in Evan Ingram as an upside tight end. I might come back to the position a little bit later on, just knowing the injury history that Evan Ingram has and take, you know, a Blake Jarwin or a Jack Doyle or someone who I can plug in just in case the wheels fall off for Evan Ingram. So after Ingram in the 10th round, we saw Tevin Coleman, Brashad Perriman, J.K. Dobbins, Hunter Renfro, Mike Williams, Jerry Judy, Steelers D, Matt Breida, McCole Hardman, and Jalen Rager go off the board. And then in round 11, Latavius Murray, Hunter Henry, Michael Pittman, Daryl Henderson, Jared Cook, Sony Michelle, Mike Gusecki, Philip Lindsay, Jack Doyle, and Alan Lazard. So that's a mouthful. That's a lot of names. But looking back on this, I'm glad I locked in Ingram. Four more tight ends came off the board in between this pick for me. So I'm glad I got a guy at the position that I think does have a ton of upside when I did. Yeah, I had about eight wide receivers going in that range too. You know, look at names like everybody's kind of shooting their shot here. Rashad Perriman, McCole Harmon, Jalen Ragor, who I was just looking at as my pick, Michael Pittman here. So it looks like, you know, 9, 10, 11, 11th round is where you can get kind of these uh, – you know, the rookie upside wide receivers like a Rigor, like a Judy, um, or you can get more of like a, a you know consistent piece like a Hunter Renfro who's not going to go out and win you a week, but you can plug him in on the right matchup. Uh, and then a couple running backs here. I do like Philip Lindsay at the 1108. Um, I think that could be a, an incredible value if he's, you know, kind of, he could be this year's Austin Eckler for all we know, you know, kind of that pairing with Melvin Gordon. But Alex, who are you looking at here at the 1111? Uh, this is kind of that handcuff range. And for me at the running back spot, well, first of all, I'm going to gift you Drew Brees. I can't believe he's fallen this far. (laughs) Um, And this is, again, why you wait on the quarterback position this year. We've said it time and time again, this is no different. But at the running back position, I mean, Marlon Mack's there and having Jonathan Taylor. I mean, I think Mack has some standalone value, but it's like, if like if they're both on the field, they're probably the least valuable as a tandem. I would much rather have one of them be out, you know, Mac or Taylor assume the full responsibilities. But um, if Mac goes down, that means Taylor's going to be, uh, you know, an RB one, and I got to steal on the value. But if something happens to Taylor, maybe he's not as involved early on as I thought, and Mac is that RB one. I don't mind having Marlon Mack there um, just as a handcuff. And then there's Alexander Madison, Tony Pollard, Boston Scott. You know, looking at this board. I know the Dalvin Cook holdout is still going on as of this recording, um, but I'm still going to take Alexander Madison here. I think Dalvin Cook is going to sign. I really do. But with his injury history, with the COVID year that we're expecting, you never know what's going to happen. There's so many variables. I'm going to take Madison and the upside with him. Maybe I can get a couple weeks out of value um, from Alexander Madison this season. So at this point in the draft, I feel great about locking him in. Uh, So we're talking about handcuffs here. You know, I've been preaching, you know, if you have one of the top uh, running backs like a Zeke, like a Kamara, uh, like a Saquon or McCaffrey, go ahead and get your handcuffs in round 10 just with the type of season that we're expecting and a lot of weird stuff going on. And just to, to secure that value, should one of those guys go down, grab your handcuffs early. Don't be afraid to take them, especially the high value ones, um, you know, even like a Chase Edmonds or Tony Pollard, like take those guys 
in that 10th round. And now it's here to me at the 11-12. You just took Alexander Madison. I think, you know, as a guy that also has standalone value but is a handcuff, Boston Scott is looking at me here. Uh, and I took uh, Miles Sanders at the 201. So that's kind of a way that I can can I love you know, have pick. a handcuff on Sanders, secure him. And he, I think he has value in PPR formats. So I have Jordan Howard, Ronald Jones, Austin Eckler, Miles Sanders, and Ingram. Yeah, so I'm, I'm loaded up. So this is going to be my last running back pick here. So I'm going to grab Boston Scott. And, you know, you kind of foreshadowed it here. Drew Brees is sitting here. Now I'm at the, you know, what is this? The 1201. So I'm in the 12th round getting Drew Brees, a guy who's going to have 25 plus touchdowns. Though for, you know, over 4,000 yards, like easily. And the thing is, like, even if Brees was gone, Stafford, Rodgers, Daniel Jones, Ben Roethlisberger, Goff, Mayfield, Newton, Burrow, all still on the board. Cousins, like the list goes on and on. There's no reason to to take a quarterback early this year. Yeah, so I'm going to secure Brees here. And, you know, I punted the, the quarterback position, but technically I didn't because I'm still getting Drew Brees, which I think is a guy that a lot of people would take. I don't know if in any uh, real drafts, if, if everybody's going to be that anti-quarterback. So we'll see if that holds true once we get into the real, real seasons and the live mock drafts. But Alex, who are you looking at here at the 1202? Yeah, I'll be, I'll be quick here for the sake of time, but I, I also have five running backs. For my last two bench spots, I'm, because I did take Ingram, I'm looking for a safer option at tight end. I mean, then I'll probably take a flyer on a receiver in the next round. But Austin Hooper is on the board, and I know there's a lot of exciting options here like Fant, Hawkinson, Johnny Smith, Blake Jarwin. But I'm going to lock in Hooper. The The Browns just made him the highest paid tight end in NFL history. Stefanski is going to run a lot of two tight end sets. I think the offense will get a little bit better this year. I don't think Hooper has the upside that he had last season where he was like the number one tight end through half the season until he got hurt. But I'm going to take Hooper as a guy who I know I can plug in there if something happens to Evan Ingram and he might get me five catches for 50 yards and maybe he gets a touchdown in this Cleveland offense. So I don't find myself taking Ingram or Austin Hooper very often this season. I think this might be the first time I've taken either of them in a draft, but Ingram at the 10.02 and Hooper at the 12.02 is, it feels free, especially when you look at the names going off the board around these guys like Alan Lazard and Brashad Perriman, Jamal Williams, Antonio Gibson does have upside. But when you look at those names and you can tell me I can get value at the tight end position, I'm going to take that every time. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I, I Personally, I would have gone with a Noah Fant or a Hawkinson or maybe even like a Johnny Smith, just more of an upside name. But at the same time, it's like Evan Ingram kind of is that already. So exactly. uh, don't hate the Austin Hooper pick there for you. And then we saw a massive. This is the handcuff round. Running back run, deep handcuffs. running backs. This is These are the handcuff rounds, man. I mean, we have. I'm not going to go through all of them, but the Marlon Mack to the world, Zach Moss's of the world, Devontae Freeman was picked up, Tony Pollard, uh, Justin Jackson, Chase Edmonds. Alex, how do you feel about having Kenyon Drake as your pick at the at the 111 and not getting Chase Edmonds? I know you picked up Alexander Madison, but are you uh, are you you know kicking yourself at all for that one? Yeah, I maybe should have gone ahead and secured Edmonds maybe instead of Madison just to protect myself a little bit more. But with Taylor, Kareem Hunt, um, and Singletary, I, I still feel okay at the running back position. Um, some other names off the board, Fant, Johnny Smith, Hawkinson, some of those high upside tight ends I talked about went. Um, Josh Kelly, AP, AJ Dillon, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, both off the board. Duke Johnson was in there, Jamal Williams, some veteran running backs as well. So here I am at the 13-11. It's my last bench spot um, before a defense. I'm going to go ahead and take a guy I had my eye on last round. It's James Washington for the Steelers. Um, he actually led the Pittsburgh Steelers in receiving yards last season. Here I am in the last round of my draft snagging a player who had high draft capital coming into the league. He has a year of rapport with Ben Roethlisberger. And I, I still think Deontay Johnson is uh, the more talented player there in Pittsburgh. And I think beyond 
Juju Smith-Schuster. Deontay Johnson is the most likely um, to have fantasy value. But looking at this board and seeing Deontay Johnson going in the eighth round, I picked up James Washington in the 13-11. You know, there's a decent chance that James Washington does have value in this offense if Ben Roethlisberger gets back to throwing it uh, close to 600 times. So, um, you know, if James Washington isn't involved, if he's not getting the snaps in week one or two, I'll just drop him. But I think for an upside play, um, he's not a bad pick here. Yeah, I think that's a good – he's one of those, you know, deep sleeper wide receiver names and kind of that like – you know, we've talked about Randall Cobb on the show. You know, you've been looking at like uh, – what are some other names? <laughs> I mean, I don't hate John Ross as a last pick here. Is this a, a dart throw at the end of your draft? LaVisca Chenault is an interesting one too. I'm actually going to go against all those names, which I were considering because Danny Dimes just fell to me here to pair with Drew Brees at the back of the 13th round. So, I love it. Get you know, I'm getting the upside shot, shot where if, if Danny Dimes comes in, I mean, even if he is Jamin Winston 2.0, uh, which I think is a worst case scenario for him based on what we saw last year, kid is just fearless, stepping up in the pocket, taking big hits. I think if he can minimize those, and I think that's going to be you know, pretty number one for him in this offseason. So if he can take, take any improvement there, he'll be fantastic. He was great last year. Plenty and plenty of upside has loaded uh, pass-catching weapons from Evan Ingram to all the other guys we've already talked about on today's episode. So I'm going to grab Danny Dimes here as uh, to pair with Drew Brees and feel really good at QB. Well done, sir. So now back to me again at the uh, the 1401. So I'm going to pick up a defense yeah, guys, make sure you know your league rules, your settings before you go into a draft. There's some where you actually don't have to take a defense. And so something I like to do is just don't even take one uh, and then wait and, and then have to drop somebody on your team. Just so you can see as the season goes on, as you get closer to the starting of, of week one, you can make last minute decisions. We see guys like LaShawn McCoy last year get cut uh, relatively close to the season. And so in situations like that, you can end up having a guy that you threw a dart throat on. Let's say it's a Randall Cobb. And then we're hearing, you know, Will Fuller's not going to play this year, for example. Like you could just have so many, you know, other dart throws that could pay off in that time. But um, let's make the assumption here that we do have to take a defense. And so I'm just going to see what fantasy pros is telling me to take. It's the Buffalo Bills D, but also Patriots defense is there. And so I'm taking the Patriots defense. I don't care. <laughs> Dang, I was hoping they'd get back to me. Um, and Steph, before I take this Bills D, like, I just want to say this, this might be my favorite team I've ever mock drafted. Like, I feel so solid really? from top to bottom. Um, and we'll review the teams here afterwards. So I'll go ahead and pick the Bills D, but I'm really liking how this turned out. So don't complain about having one of the last picks in your draft because you can win from anywhere in the draft every single year. And here we are. We've done mocks from, you know, the one through 10 spot. And I feel really, really strong about this team. Have good depth at the running back spot, star power at receiver. Got it done at quarterback and tight end and some good players on my bench too. So um, I love it. And, you know, drafting here at the turn, I'll say, like we both ended up with pretty solid squads. A little bit different. I know if you could go back, um, what, would you probably take receivers a little bit earlier? Yeah, you know, maybe taking Adams there as my my wide receiver one. I took Austin Eckler and Miles Sanders there. I like both of those names, and I think the upside for both is tremendous. And I also think they're safe. Like, I don't think either of those are going to kill me, um, you know, assuming you know, good health. Robert Woods is my wide receiver one. Doesn't feel great, but knowing that I have Mark Andrews in there uh, does make me feel a little bit better on that. I love my running back room of Austin Eckler, Miles Sanders, Mark Ingram, Ronald Jones, Jordan Howard, and Boston Scott. I think all of those guys have value and maybe uh, a little bit tricky to figure out which one to start and when, but I feel very secure in the running backs that I have not really, you know, looking to, to stream too much of my running back positions. So I think I have enough on my roster. Now the depth and the upside, uh, to be okay at running back, you may be looking back on it, 
you know, wouldn't have hated grabbing like a DJ Chark there instead of Mark Andrews. That's probably the, the biggest thing that, that I would have changed should I have uh, been able to have gone back. I just feel like I'm lacking a little bit of the upside at the wide receiver position. Marvin Jones is there. Maybe I take a Jalen Regor over Golden Tate, but all in all, I feel good everywhere else and I feel comfortable streaming that wide receiver two or that flex position on a week-to-week basis. So that's the only thing I would change, Alex. How about you? Yeah, looking back at the board, I do like this team. I feel, even with Evan Ingram and Austin Hooper, I still don't feel great at tight end. Um, <laughs> I love Tyler Higby. I, like, at the 607, that's probably decent value for him this year. I really would have felt more comfortable getting him in the seventh round. Um, you know, at what point are you not a sleeper anymore? And at the 607, like, for Tyler Higby, I just, I hope he stops creeping up draft boards because I really want to get him later on, but... If I would have known that Devin Singletary was going to be available as my RB3 in the seventh round, I might have gone ahead and taken the shot on Higby instead of Kareem Hunt um, and scooped up a couple extra handcuffs later on when I took Ingram and Austin Hooper. So if I could switch out Kareem Hunt, Evan Ingram and Austin Hooper and pick up Higby, um, you know, and throw in two handcuffs, maybe I secure Edmonds and maybe I get, um, you know, like a Tony Pollard or something like that and just really load up on running backs on my bench. I think I would have felt good about that. But other than that, I really like the draft. I've got wins at quarterback, um, really good running back depth. Kenyon Drake, Jonathan Taylor, Singletary Hunt, and Alexander Madison. My receivers, I mean, my two starters in the flex, Devontae Adams, Amari Cooper, and Cooper Cup. That feels phenomenal. Um, the bench Cooper Cup great. as a flex is insane. The dude. bench, all I have is CeeDee Lamb and James Washington. So definitely some some deeper shots there. I mean, at the tight end, I was able to still secure Evan Ingram and Austin Hooper late, which aren't my favorite options this year. But if one of the two of them can pan out or at least be decent, um, a top 10, top 12 option, I think I'll be all right with the rest of my roster. Yeah, I like your your running back core mixed with the, the I think, upside and consistency you're going to get from the running backs. is just a, it's a winning formula. And then Wentz in there as a consistent option, you can stream should, you know, a Joe Burrow, somebody like that, or a Drew Locke. Um, blow up on the waiver wire you could even make moves there so um, no I like both of our teams Um, I'll go through mine and then guys if you're still listening thank you so much would love to hear who you like whose roster you think was better based on mine and Alex's so mine is Drew Brees Austin Eckler Miles Sanders Robert Woods Michael Gallup Mark Andrews at tight end Mark Ingram as my third running back and flex and then I have Marvin Jones as another uh, you know my third wide receiver or flex Jordan Howard, Ronald Jones, Danny Dimes, Golden Tate, and Boston Scott, as well as the the New England Patriots defense. So I'm I actually like my roster a lot, dude. And you also have a team name. You're set up for a prime team name. Keeping up with the Joneses, you've got Marvin <laughs> Jones, Ronald Jones, Daniel Jones. That's nuts. And you've got some gold on your bench. So with Golden Tate, I love yeah, I'm, it. I'm feeling pretty good about my depth. So guys, again, let us know. Whose roster you like more down in the comments. Really appreciate you guys listening and watching. If you like it, hit that thumbs up button. Give us a sub on YouTube if you would be so kind. And we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.